So back in the shtetl, there was a guy, uh, an eccentric, who was going around and telling everyone he was Mashiach. And it was getting on people's nerves. So they went over to the Rav and they said, this guy's going around, he's bothering everyone, trying to tell them that he's Mashiach. So the Rav said, uh, send him to me. So the guy comes into the Rav and the Rav says to the guy, uh, here you going around uh, making some announcements. He says, yeah, I'm, I'm Mashiach. The Rav says to him, I know. The guy's a little bit surprised. He says, oh, you know. He says, yeah, I know. I know you're Mashiach. You know you're Mashiach. The problem is the people in this town, they don't know you're Mashiach. So we've got to prove it to them. It says that when Mashiach comes, the wolf will lie down with the lamb. The wolf will become tame. So uh, you're, you're in luck. The circus is coming to town today. And they have with them wild animals, including a wolf. So we're going to take you and put you in the cage with the wolf. And everyone's going to see that the wolf's not going to bother you. So now, now the guy sort of hesitates. He says, uh, Rabbi, I don't know if that's a good idea. He says, of course it's a good idea. Why is it not a good idea? The guy says, Rabbi, you know I'm Mashiach. I know I'm Mashiach. But the wolf, does the wolf know that I'm Mashiach? Okay. In Parshish B'chukesai, it talks about some of the positive, I know we talk about a lot of the negative things, but there's also positive promises if we fulfill Hashem's will. And one of those is, V'nesati shalim ba'aretz, I will make peace in the land. V'hishbati chayero min ha'aretz, and I will remove the chayero, the, the wild animal or the predatory animal, the vicious animal, from the land. I will remove... The, the wild animal from the, from the land. Now, this is actually the subject of a machlekes. Go figure, in Jewish tradition that we have a Torah verse, which is the subject of a dispute of the sages. Yes. This is the, this is the subject of a machlekes, of a dispute in the Madrash, Teres Kehanim. Let me see here. I just. Yeah. I will remove the vicious animal from the earth. Rabbi Yehuda Eimer, Rabbi Yehuda the Tana, Rabbi Yehuda says, I will remove them from the world. They won't exist, they'll go extinct. Shh, don't. <laughs> I don't want to scare anyone, but. That's what Rabbi Huda says. Don't worry, there's another opinion. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon is from last week, Lag Boimer, Rabbi Shimon ben Yechai. Rabbi Shimon, I will remove from them, I'm going to translate liter- liberally, not literally, but I will remove from them their predatory instinct. Rabbi Yehuda says, I will remove them from the land. Literally, I'll get rid of them. They won't exist. Rabbi Shimon says that I will remove from them their damaging nature. So they will exist, but they won't be vicious. Amar Rabbi Shimon, 
says, Rabbi Shimon continues, and he elaborates on his point of view. A Masehu Makim. When is there a praise of the omnipresent? In other words, what is a greater praise of Hashem? Bizman Mazikin, when there are no damaging agents, when there are nothing that does damage. Or alternatively, Bizman Mazikin, there are damaging agents, but they don't do damage. So what's a bigger Kunz, right? What's a bigger thing to pull off? That there's no more things that cause harm, or the things that cause harm still exist, but they don't cause harm anymore because their nature has changed. So he answers, Bizman she'ein mezikin. So he answers, mezikin The time when they have damaging things, but they don't do damage anymore. And that's what it says. Mizmeshir liyem hashabas. From Tehillim. A psalm of the Sabbath day. What does that mean? To, and here's this word. See, in, 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 the, in the original Pasuk, Vishbati, I will remove, I will get rid of. Okay? It's related to the word Shabbos. It has the same shoyda, Shin Beisaf. And actually, we're going to be speaking a lot about that grammatical root, or that word root, that etymology, shin beisaf. We usually say Shabbos to rest, but Shabbos also means to get rid of. In the case of Shabbos, to get rid of work, to get rid of, you know, strenuous labor. But Mizmir Shiliyem HaShabbos, he reads it homiletically, a praise, a song to Hashem that he has removed the damaging nature of these beasts. Lamash bismazikin mina oilam. Not to actually remove them, but to remove their nature. And this is why I told you the joke at the beginning. The Medish continues and says, and that's precisely what it says regarding the Messianic era, that a wolf will lie down peacefully with the lamb. Indeed, what is this proof of? What, that prophecy that when Mashiach comes, the wolf will lie down with the lamb. What's it a proof of? There will be wolves, but they won't bother the lambs, which seemingly supports the opinion of which Tana? Rebbe Shimon. Very good. Who says they will exist, but they will no longer be damaging. As opposed to Rebbe Yehuda. Very good. Who says, no, they won't exist. Okay, excellent. So that's the Medish. Now, You guys are great. There is an examination of this machlekes in the writings of the Ragachover Goin, Rebbe Yosef Rosen, who was one of the. We don't make rankings here of like Talmid Chachamim, but let's just say in everybody's list of great sages from the modern era, meaning people, you know, we have pictures of, people from the past 200 years, everyone will say, you know, he's somewhere on the top. The Ragachover examines this Machlekes, and he relates it, and this is very much his style, by the way, the Ragachover would often look at one subject in Torah, 
And mitzad achdus ha the fact that all of Torah is organically, intrinsically, underlyingly linked and one, you can find connections in any area of Torah to any other area of Torah. So that was very much his style, is he would take one entry point and then connect it to something else and show, in a certain way, it's like a certain reduction. Um, in a certain minimalism, that he would take something that seemed to be complex and he would show how it really turns on one single point. So he takes this machlekes of, you remember, which Tanayim? Rabbi, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Hoda, or Rabbi Hoda, Rabbi Shimon. And, he, and it's a machlekes about how to interpret a pasuk from our Parsha, Vishbati Chayara, I will remove the vicious beast. So the Ragachover points out there's another Machlaikis, the same two Tanaim, Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yehuda, which is related to the same word. Tashbisu. There's a commandment when comes Pesach, Tashbisu, you should destroy Chametz. Okay? Great. What does it mean, Tashbisu? You should destroy Chametz. The word the Torah uses to, de- to, to describe the commandment to get rid of the Chametz prior to Pesach is Tashbisu, you should destroy. So what does it mean, Tashbisu, you should destroy? Samachlekes. Rabbi Yehuda says the only way is to burn it. You have to burn it. Rabbi Shimon says... You could tear it up into tiny, unrecognizable pieces like dust and throw it into the wind, and it is effectively destroyed. So the Ragachava says it's the same machlaikis. Do you have to actually remove the physical matter from the world? Like to take the chametz and burn it so it actually it doesn't exist anymore. Maybe, you know, there's a conservation of matter and energy, so now it turned into fire, it turned into energy. But that matter, those atoms, right, they're... Broken apart. Rabbi Shimon would say, you don't have to go that far. The chametz can still exist, just not in the form of chametz. So if it's reduced to powder, that's not chametz. If you tear it up, so the same atoms are still around, but that's fine because it's effectively no longer chametz. Nobody calls it chametz. You don't recognize it as chametz. It doesn't function any longer as chametz. So that Ragachover says, that's the same machlekes, the same tenoim with the same word. That Rabbi Yehuda says, you have to actually get rid of the wolves and the lions and the leopards and you can't have them. Rabbi Shimon says, you could have them just in a different form. In this case, with a new nature, with a tame nature. Same machlekes with tashbisu and with chametz. Rabbi Yehuda says, you have to destroy it, it cannot, it cannot even exist. Rabbi Shimon says, it could exist, just not in the form of chametz. Okay. Now, and by the way, I'm getting this, don't think I'm such a Talmud Chacham, I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting this from a sicha, from Lekutei Sicha, Chelek Zayin, from the Lubavitch Rebbe. So, in, in the sicha, the Rebbe adds, it seems to be the Rebbe's Chiddush, the Rebbe's adding another Machalekis, which is also, like, basically building on the Ragachava. Also the same tonight, Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yehuda, also this Shin Beis Sof etymology. On Shabbos, Shabbos we have a malacha, we have a, we have a, we have a commandment to, to cease from malacha. 
the term, the words that Taylor uses to tell you to cease from, from creative labor on Shabbos is tishbais. Tishbais. Tishbais can mean rest. Tishbais can also mean the negation of labor. So the question is, what is the definition of tishbais, of getting rid of labor? So it's interesting. Rabbi Yehuda would say, if you have, not only he would say, he says, <laughs> if you have a heavy bench outside, and you drag it. It's not a question of carrying because it's in a courtyard, but you're dragging it. And when the bench is being dragged, drug through the dirt floor, it's creating a furrow in the ground, so it's plowing, which is one of the 39 forms of prohibited labor. It's plowing. Rabbi Shimon says it's not, because that was not your intention. Your intention was not to plow. Okay, so it, 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 it performs a function that simulates or resembles the act of plowing. But nobody was plowing. That's not what anyone was trying to do. You're trying to move a bench. So the Rebbe points out the same machlekes. Rabbi Yehuda looks at it very concretely. Was the act done or it wasn't done? It doesn't matter why you did it. Tishbais, get rid of that act. That act can't exist. Rabbi Shimon says, the act can exist just not in the way that it would during the weekdays. Meaning, it can be done, it just can't be done with creative intent. And if it's not done with creative intent, then even though functionally the act was done, on a very mechanical level, the act was done, but the act doesn't have that significance, so therefore, you, got, you effectively got rid of the act. Well, it was done. Yeah, but it wasn't done for that reason. So effectively, it's as if it's not there. It's the same machlekes. Well, there's still wolves. Yeah, but the wolves aren't acting like wolves. Oh, but you dragged the, the, the bench and it made... Yeah, but that's not why I was doing it. It's the same concept. Oh, but Chomet still exists. What do you mean? On a molecular level? Yeah, but it's, it doesn't look like a piece of bread anymore. So it's the same machlekes. Rabbi Yehuda says, for something not to exist means it doesn't exist. And for uh, Rabbi Shimon, it could exist. It just changes the form in which it exists. And that's enough. And not only is it enough, it's even better. Right, because that's what Rabbi Shimon was saying. What is a greater praise to Hashem? When something damaging no longer exists, or when it exists, but it's no longer damaging? Okay, what are we talking about here? What is this whole discussion? The question is like this. We all have character defects. We all have traits that are damaging. What is a greater praise to Hashem? To eliminate those traits so that they don't exist? or to retain them, to keep them, and to repurpose them so they function entirely differently. So the wild animal within is still there, but no longer a reckless, vicious, damaging animal. Now it's domesticated, it's working for you. So obviously the greater praise is to train what we call the nefesh abamis, the animal soul, the base instincts, not to eliminate them, but to transform them.
So it's interesting that this Machlaikis that we're studying now includes the discussion of chametz. Remember we talked about before, tashbisu, get rid of the chametz. What does it mean to, 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 to destroy it on, a, on an atomic level or just to change the way it functions? The halachic status of chametz, let me rephrase that, the evolution of the halachic status of chametz over the 49 days between Pesach and Shavuos, or 50 days, is in microcosm a metaphor for the transformation of the ego from a damaging force to a holy force. Let's go through it. When we start off when we start off this process, we're in the middle of a process right now, right? We're in the middle of Sefirah. The process began with Pesach. In fact, it began before Pesach when we got rid of the Chomets in anticipation of, of Pesach. What was the status of Chomets? Completely forbidden. A mashahu of Chomets is forbidden. Now, chametz we know, Chazal compare it to the Yitzhahara, the evil inclination. Why? Because it's puffy, it's big, it's self-important. So it is the pride and the arrogance of the ego, the E-G-O, the edging God out. And we have to get rid of it because it is a destructive force. There's a story, Chassidim tell, a parable, that, uh, you know, the, the Gemara says that the Malach HaMovis, the Yitzhahara, the Satan, they're all one Malach, they're all one entity, right? The angel of death and the, the, the Satan and the, the evil inclination. So there's a story, Chassidim tell, that one time the Malach HaMovis, the angel of death, comes to Hashem and complains, my name is bad for business because I'm supposed to make people make bad choices and destroy their lives. But when I'm about to close the deal with them, they say, what's your name? I say, angel of death. And they're like, whoa, get away. And they run. So I need a name that's less scary. So he says, okay, call yourself Yetzirah, evil inclination. So he does that for a while. He comes back and says, God, it's still not good because it has Ra, has evil in the name. They're still running from me. He says, call yourself Sutton. So he calls himself Sutton. Then he comes back and says, God, it's not good. They ask me, what does Sutton mean? I say, eh, it's a Hebrew name. They say, yeah, but what is the translation? It means adversary. Adversary, get out of here. I don't want anyone to be adversarial. Get out of here. So God says, okay, I have a name for you. It's cute almost. The Chassidim made up a name for you. It's less threatening. It's called Nefshabamis, animal soul. Try that out. So he tries that out. He comes back. He's like, God, it's better, but it's still not working because when I'm about to close the deal, make somebody make stupid choices to ruin their life, they're like, what's your name again? I'm like, Nefesh Abamis, animal soul. And they're like, you know what? I'm not comfortable taking life advice from an animal. So I need a better name. So God says to the Malach slash Yetzirah slash Sutton slash Nefesh right? <laughs> Angel of death slash evil inclination slash adversary slash animal soul. Okay, I got a name for you. 
oh, I didn't want it to come to this because this is very dangerous. And if you, if you have this name, you're going to really, oh, this is going to make you very powerful. Everyone will always listen to you. In fact, they will, they will listen to you even when their loved ones tell them the exact opposite. And they will always believe that you have their best interests at heart, even when you're undermining them. He says, what? What's the name I'm going to go by? He tells, he tells him, you're going to go by the name Yesh. Yesh. Yesh just means I am, I exist. You ever heard Chassidim at Afabrengen? And they say to each other, they rebuke each other lovingly. And they say, Dubista Yesh. You know what that means? You would think it's such a swear word. What's, what's a Yesh? Yesh means you exist. You exist? No, Hashem exists. Ein Eid Milvadai. So at the first level, and by the way, I'm going to do a spoiler right now. Because, unfortunately, there are people watching this right now who will be triggered by this. And I'll tell you why. Because a lot of times they've been exposed to this and they weren't told the punchline. So all they were told is, you're nothing, you don't exist. Which is the setup, but it's not the punchline. The punchline is, once you realize that you don't exist as a separate entity apart from God, the punchline is, so therefore what are you? You're a part of God. You're one with God. So it's not a put-down. It's not a put-down to say you're a nothing. Once you're nothing, then you're one with the everything. So I, that's really a spoiler because we didn't get up to that point yet, but I'm saying it now because from experience I realize there are people who hear this and they get triggered by it, rightfully so, because the, the, the beautiful, beautiful concept of bittel, which means self-nullification, has been weaponized, unfortunately, and used abusively. So that's why I have to make, I have to make clarifications that this is not to hurt anyone to the contrary it's to liberate us from the bondage of self so that we can become one with the all and meet our true greatness okay that was a spoiler so let's back up and pretend we don't know that yet we're in phase one phase one is chametz is toxic even a mashu of chametz is toxic you have to get rid of it even in the tiniest amount why because we're in egypt and in order to be liberated from Egypt, you have to be completely deflated. Here's the problem. You cannot leave Egypt by human power. No slave ever escaped Egypt. It never happened. And it never would happen. And that's what we say in the Haggadah. That if God had not taken us out from Egypt, we and our children would still be slaves to Pharaoh in Egypt. Because we could not leave by human power. God took us out. He did for us what we could not do for ourselves. And if we would have gotten in the way we would have actually kept ourselves there. So phase one is admission of powerlessness. My life has completely fallen apart, and the best, smartest thing I can do at this point, my best efforts, my best thinking got me to this dysfunction. So at this point, my move is surrender, surrender. And I just let him do the work. God pulls me out of here. And at that phase, my ego is my enemy. My self-concept, my personality, it's, it's my enemy. It's bringing me down. So I just, who am I? I'm nobody. I don't know. I have no personality. I have no, I have no agenda. No nothing. I can't afford to. I just, I, I, I drop it all. Okay. Now you're pulled out of Egypt. Now you're safe. Now you're safe. Now you're out of Egypt. Now what? Now what? Now we're going to slowly start to rebuild a personality. 
trait by trait. And that's what Sviras HaOimer is. Chesed Shebe Chesed, Gvore Shebe Chesed, Tfere Shebe Chesed, so on and so forth. One trait at a time, we'll polish it, clean it, reinstall it. We completely wipe the hard drive and we're reinstalling a new operating system. You're getting to know yourself again for the first time. You as you, the former you, took you down to the lowest level of impurity. God yanked you out of there, he saved you. But now, you're going to meet the new you. And that's the process called Sviras HaOimer. At that point, Chometz is no longer forbidden. Chometz is the personality, the ego. It was forbidden when I was in Egypt, because it was the most dangerous thing for me. But now I'm safe, and in fact, I need to actually get back my personality. Not my old one, a new one, but a personality. I have to discover a, a self-concept. I need a self-concept. Who am I that I'm serving God? So I need a self-concept. I need to know who I am. So this is the process of discovering myself, my true self. And now chametz is no longer prohibited. You can eat chametz during Sviras HaOimer. In fact, on Pesach Sheni, which is a month after Pesach, right in the middle of Sviras HaOimer, we do a Pesach, it's like Pesach, and you have chametz in the house with you at the same time. So the chametz is no longer toxic. Your ego is being slowly, safely reintroduced. And then you know what happens at the very end of the whole process? The third phase is Shavuos, is Matan Torah. On the 50th day since redemption, we stand at Sinai and God reveals himself to us and gives us the Torah. And what happens at that point? Oneness. Oneness! There's only one time in the Beis Hamikdosh, in the Holy Temple, when there was a communal offering that had to have chometz. On Shvuas, there was a korban called the Shteyalechem, which was two chometz loaves. Imagine the rapidity uh, of that, is that the word rapidity or rapidness, of that transformation. Then in 50 days, we went from chometz being like cyanide. You can't even touch it. It's a, even a drop is, 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 is toxic. That was, that was Pesach. And then it became normal. And then... It became a mitzvah. It became a korban. An, an, uh, it became an, an offering in the holy temple. You can't get holier than that. That's the transformation of the ego. That in 49 days, my ego, my selfhood, went from being my worst enemy, and it was my worst enemy, and I acknowledge it was my worst enemy, to becoming neutral, like, oh, okay, fine, now it's safe again, to becoming my greatest asset. My greatest asset! Because now I'm aligned with God. Now my ego is not edging God out. I'm not resisting. I'm not blocking. My ego is a surrendered ego. My selfhood is a godly selfhood. I have pride and a healthy sense of pride. Pride in my neshama. Pride in my godly mission. My self-concept is now working with me, working for me. In fact, I'll put it, I'll put it like this. Somebody who has the surrender adequate to allow themselves to be pulled out of Egypt, but then refuses to go to the next phases and remains completely, utterly selfless, is actually, you're cheating God. Because what does God want from you? He wants you to be a someone. 
He wants you to have a self-concept, just in a healthy way, in a healthy way. And that's what that process is. So, tashbisu, what does tashbisu mean? What does it mean, get rid of the chametz? I know the chametz, okay? We know what it, but I'm saying the chametz, the chametz in the heart. Like we say, when we burn the chametz and we say that beautiful tefillah, that just like we got rid of the chametz from our house, Hashem should remove the chametz from our heart. What does tashbisu, get rid of the chametz, mean? Huh? There are two ways of looking at it. Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon. One perspective is the greatest thing that I could ever hope for as far as personal development is to take my lower base animal instincts and eradicate them. Just get rid of them. Completely burn them. That's one. That's one approach. That's Rabbi Yehuda. Another approach is greatest thing that could ever happen to me in terms of personal development. The greatest praise there could ever be of God Almighty is that the same ego that was drawing me down and separating me from God is now the greatest asset, the greatest tool for connectedness, for oneness with God. That's Rabbi Shimon. That the wild animals are still there, they're just not wild. So there's a wolf, but he no longer behaves like a wolf. Not that we hunted them to extinction, we got rid of the wolves. No. The wolves are our pets now. Now it's like a little, little dog, a little cat. Maybe even better than that. It's a beast of burden. It's like, like a cow that pulls a wagon or something. It's working for us. It's working for us. I'll tell you one more parallel to this whole thing. How are we doing on time? Doing okay? Yeah? Okay, so we'll, we'll take two more minutes here. It's the same concept but it's just another way of framing it. I, th- I find it helpful to, to repeat the same concept, but in different ways. So it just it, it drives it home more. There's a Pasuk and Shira Shira, a, a verse in the Song of Songs. Shlema uh, Melech, King Solomon, writes a love poem, which is a metaphor for the relationship between Hashem and the Jewish people. And one of the things there, in the, in the first parak, in the first chapter, it says, Mashcheni haviani melech Mashcheni, draw me. We will run after you. The king has drawn me into his innermost chamber. There are three clauses here in this verse which describe the three phases. Same three phases we're talking about. Pesach, Sfira, Shvuas. Phase one, Mashcheni, draw me. Why do I say to We're speaking to Hashem. The woman is speaking to the man which is us speaking to Hashem. Draw me. Why do we say draw me? Because in phase one, I cannot have any active participation. I'm a danger to myself. So I say, Hashem, you do it. Draw me. Pull me out of here. Yank me out. I'm in the pit. Throw a rope and pull me out. Phase two, we will run after you. Now we're active. So phase one, ego was my worst enemy. I had to surrender. Just let God do all the heavy lifting. Take me out of Egypt. Phase two is Sphira. Sphira is, I'm working now. I'm refining my own character traits. So that's Acharech and Rutza. We're the active ones now. We are running after you. And another thing you notice which changed was from singular to plural. Because, yeah, in the first phrase, I am the object. And, and in the second phrase, I'm the subject. 
in the first phase, I, I'm the one things are being done to. Draw me. Second phase, I'm the one who's doing things. We will run after you. That's one change, but also from singular to plural. Why? Because you have two souls. Godly soul, animal soul. In the first phase, God rescue me, it's only the godly soul. When he saves you, it's only the godly soul. You know why? Because the animal soul didn't change by being rescued. The animal soul can only change through hard work. So really what happened, that's why, by the way, the Alter Rebbe explains in Tanya, that, that, that they ran, the nation ran from Egypt. Why did they run? At that point, Egypt wasn't chasing them. Egypt was licking their wounds. So why were they running? The Alter Rebbe explains in Tanya, because they were running from themselves, because the Nefjabamas hadn't changed yet. Their egos were still drawn to the dysfunction. They knew if they didn't run, they would get comfortable and they would be stuck. So in the first phase, Moshcheni, draw me, only my nefesh elikis, only my godly soul is rescued. In the second phase, we will run after you. We, plural, both souls, the nefesh elikis and the nefesh bamas, godly soul and animal soul, because now through sfira, through personal introspection and inventory, I'm starting to slowly change who I am. So now the animal soul is getting refined. Now it's both. Now it's plural. We. And then, and, and that's Sfira. And then the third phase, Havyani Melech the king has drawn me into, brought me into his innermost chambers. That's Shvuas, that's intimacy. The king brought me into his innermost chamber. His innermost chamber. That, that doesn't mean the lobby, that's not the office, that's, that, that, that's the king's bedroom. The king marries me. Shvuas is the marriage. Yem Matantayda is Yem Chupasei Shalakadish Baruchu. And, and Mesha and Aaron were the Untafirin, and Harsinai was the Chuppah, and then the Luchas were the Ksuba, and we were the Kala. Marriage is oneness, the reunification of, of two halves of one entity. Shavuos is the unity between Hashem and the Jewish people. He gives us his Torah, and he draws us to his perspective. We see things now from his perspective through the Holy Torah. Now we are we're privy to his wisdom and his will. And uh, at that point, we, who's we? We, we? We are him. He is us. So at that point, how is my sense of self a danger anymore? It's not. My sense of self is a sense of godliness. I realize I am a chelik elikami mamish, like it says in Tanya, mamish. Literally, that means in a body. I am one with God. And at this point, when my self-concept is, is a godly self-concept, so there's nothing wrong with ego. To the contrary, it's completely, completely holy. Like on Shavuos, when you had the Shtei Alechem, you had Chometz as a korban in, in the Beis HaMikdash. So that's it. That's the, that's the evolution of the ego. From damage to productivity, to being the greatest asset, to being the greatest, greatest tool in our service of Hashem.